week. Thanks, Allison. Hey there, and a warm welcome to Style File. I'm Jen Su. This week, we look at the very first New York menswear fashion week. Men's fashion, for the first time, is having a huge moment. Higher sales, more designers, and now the first ever standalone New York men's fashion week. Once only stuffed between women's designers, the men are going at it alone. Celebrated designer Tom Brown opened up New York Menswear Fashion Week. He's been used to opening up in Paris, but for New York doing this for the first time, it was important that he'd be there for it. Public School was another big menswear designer who showed their spring 2016 collection in a mock police lineup. Asian men, white men, black men, a Sikh wearing a turban, all side by side in front of an official-looking backdrop as an announcer beckoned each to step forward in turn. Chinese American Dao Yichao, one of the co-founders of Public School, along with Maxwell Osborne, explained that the collection was all about dressing the same, no matter where people were in the world. They've been praised by the Council of Fashion Designers of America and were also named creative directors at the prestigious DKNY. So why is menswear having such a significant moment? Well, it's the popularity of menswear on social media. The added information makes for a confident and curious shopper, and statistics are showing that there's definitely been an increase in males buying fashionable clothes. Retail stores are averaging 4% growth a year, and online sales are growing on average 17% per year over the past five years. So, in the past, menswear has shown with the women at New York Fashion Week in September. Now, men's designers get their own standalone event, complete with big name sponsors like Amazon Fashion and Cadillac, who want to support American design. Menswear designer Todd Snyder, originally from Iowa, says that it's important for the Americans to show that menswear can be as cutting edge as Italian, French, or British fashion. And he's pulled out the stops, spreading around seven hundred thousand Hong Kong dollars, putting together his biggest menswear show ever for this fashion week. And celeb pool certainly doesn't hurt either. Athletes, musicians, actors, and the people who dress them were there in full force. Remember, New York Men's Fashion Week is, above all, a business opportunity. Next week is Market Week, when buyers come to check out the collections on the racks and decide which clothes they're going to select for their customers. Boutiques, department stores, and online retailers pick and choose what they want to sell. Having a New York Men's Fashion Week now, three weeks after the fashion industry has attended the traditional menswear shows in Paris and Milan, makes commercial sense. Instead of merely going through the clothes on the racks in the designers' headquarters, as buyers have traditionally done, they can now experience the designers' visions in catwalk shows. And that's a look at the very first New York Men's Fashion Week, 14 times style file. I'm Jen Su. You have a great weekend. Now back to you, Allison. Teen time, celeb news. Thank you so much, Jen Su. Don't forget to check out our website for the latest information and pictures. Go to once again rthk.hk/teentime. All right. Now let's talk about the biggest news story that broke a couple of days ago. Katy Perry is now also in the whole mess and bringing Rihanna with her. I'm talking about Taylor Swift versus Nicki Minaj role. Apparently, they have got some serious problems. Katy Perry has waded into the Twitter spat between Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj and brought Rihanna along with her too. Now, what happened was the pop Twitter reached for the popcorn. Apparently, when the flay or the fair up began. 
Japan on Tuesday over there in America with the announcement of this year's MTV Video Music Awards nominations. The omission of Minaj basically saying that her hit Anaconda from the Video of the Year category prompted her to tweet about perceiving racial bias against women in the music industry. What happened was she tweeted, when the other girls drop a video that breaks records and impacts culture, they get that nomination. And then, of course, also saying that if your video celebrates women with very slim bodies, you will be nominated for Vid of the Year. Taylor apparently read Nicki Minaj's comment as a subtweet aimed at her, and reasonably so, given that she is the only white woman to be nominated in the video category of the year. And the clip for her star-studded video single called Bad Blood, featuring a lot of Victoria's Secret runway models, she is nominated for nine awards in total. So she basically took a public response in which she accused Nicki Minaj of pitting women against each other. Now, that one has been widely criticized, of course, as tone deaf most of the time, especially for someone who was recently applauded for a high-profile and successful crusade against unfairness and also different power imbalances in the music industry. Now, you see, the hot takes have not stopped, and Nikki hasn't stopped tweeting them. Apparently, she went, OMG, God bless The Guardian for this amazing factual article, Shame on Glamour, yuck. And then, of course, Katy Perry joined in for saying, finding it ironic to parade the pit women against other women argument about this or about as one unmeasurably capitalizes on the takedown of a woman. And also, subtweeting or not, it doesn't seem unreasonable to suggest that Katy Perry was referring to Bad Blood, a song that, of course, has been rumored to be about her and Taylor in the first place. Now, Katy Perry suggested that the real travesty of the VMA nominations was that Rihanna's controversial video for BBHMM was overlooked. Well, that's your story for now.